Welcome to the Modern Agile Show, episode 11. I am super excited to do my third interview with the great Brett Durrett. Brett is uh, a friend, he's a neighbor, and uh, he's been running an incredible company. What, 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 what's the millions of dollars of the revenue you guys do a year? Uh, well, the last, uh, the last public announcement was over 50 million. Over $50 million a year. He's been the CEO of this company and it's made famous by Eric Reese's book, The Lean Startup, IMVU. Um, so fascinating uh, experiences from Brett, both before IMVU and during. And I am super excited to be talking to you today. So. Um, great to be here, thanks. Awesome. Uh, so. First off, um, we'll continue the tradition here of offering um, beer to our guests. Um, again, we don't have the big growler that I had for Jez. No offense to I, you. It's just that we didn't find the beer we wanted that time. So I understand. It's, it. it's Jez. I, I would have gotten him a growler as well. Well, I'm sure um, Jez and I would both agree that you're uh, you're a total rock star. This is um, going to be insanely cool. And, so. and we're doing this thing where anytime that someone uses the word value, you have to do a drink. Is that? Oh, is that I like that. <laughs> that. Well, you just said it. So, uh, you said it first. So uh, there we go. Uh, thank you. Um, and we can also do a little quick cheers yeah. to start the interview. Cheers. Thanks again for coming. Oh, yeah. my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. It's very valuable. Uh, <laughs> uh. Okay, well, it's a very rainy day here in Berkeley, so we're nice and cozy in this office, and uh, let's get started. So, right. you, um, you've been, you know, actively involved in gaming and in um, particularly in Imbue for many years now. So uh, Over 11 years at Imbue. Over 11 years. Okay, so... I'm fascinated by Imview because, um, again, I think it was where Eric Reese um, and his co-founder, Will? Will Harvey. Will yeah. Harvey uh, came together and started doing things very differently than they'd ever done before. All right. Yeah, so the, my understanding is, so lots of innovation came out of there, and I think that'd be, it'd be fascinating to hear your stories. Um, where do we begin? I mean, we've got, you know, we've got uh, probably 20 minutes here. Yeah. Oh, we can begin at the beginning. I mean, um, you know, I think uh, looking at how Imbue got started, it was a bunch of people from a, a, a previous sort of virtual world company um, that raised tons of money, didn't, you know, didn't find a product market fit, and, you know, eventually um, uh, actually still exists in uh, some form, but is pretty much wound down. Um, That's there.com. That is there.com. There.com, okay. And, um, um, and uh, a few people went and formed uh, Imbue and, um, you know, with the idea that, like, uh, the idea of, like, communicating with avatars is um, actually meaningful and valuable. Um, and, um, uh, you know, it, it took me a little while. I didn't join immediately. I, I came in, there was, I think, maybe 100 customers when I joined. Wow. Um, so it was still, uh, still pretty small. Um, but um, you know, a lot of the processes were about looking at how things were being done previously, which were this waterfall process and, and saying like, hey, like, we don't have the right product market fit, but it's taking us weeks and weeks and weeks to make these like little changes. Mm. And Imbue from almost day one was this absolute, how can we very quickly get changes into the hands of customers to figure out if we're doing the right thing? And so everything was kind of structured around that process of how do you get this into customers' hands quickly. Wow. So right from day one, it was let's 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 rapidly experiment and learn. Yeah. And and you know when I when I joined the company, um, I had joined as the VP of operations, and because they had a, a, a server and um, uh, 
you know, I was actually doing coding and stuff at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, this was kind of crazy for me because I was, you know, the, the build process was you would, um, I think they were even using CVS at the time. The build process was you'd make something on your computer and then you would R-sync it to the production cluster. And, uh, <laughs> and it would literally be like, you know, the, the, the website would be just down, you know, just because like someone had checked in a syntax error. And so the first thing I did is put all this monitoring alerting. So I would mm-hmm. be, you know, as the ops guy, I'm like, well, let's see what the service is running. And then, and then I found out there'd be like times where I was like, hey, does everyone know this, this, the service was down for like four hours yesterday? <laughs> um, and so that led to like, okay, we understand that the service is down. But like that was, you know, the, the, the early days, early, early days. Yeah. Yes. So, so it says it, it, there might be a correlation between not having customers and the service being down for four hours. I'm not right. sure right. How, <laughs> how it worked out, but the, Right. But um, but everything kept you know we we kept holding on to the move fast and so it was like well what's causing the service outage let's put in a fix for it but mm-hmm. you know there was no automated testing earlier on okay yeah so like literally it was like make it in your sandbox maybe run it and push it out to production yeah so that's interesting because uh, uh, I understood that um, some of you had an extreme programming background um, but was testing in the early days we're talking about two thousand and five two thousand five okay. Yeah. Was testing, automated testing was, was to come a little bit later? It, it came much later. Actually, it came about a year and a half to two years later. Mm-hmm. And the way, because um, it was a luxury. I mean, you're, yeah. again, you, have a, you have a mindset of you've got a runway. You've got to find this product market fit. And you know, there's a lot of arguments that like, well, the tests are going to be saving you time later. Right. But um, when you're really in that extreme startup mindset, later may not exist for you. Right. And so there was a real... You know, just get it out there. Does it run? And and does it really matter? So like, in one sense, it's like, yeah, being down for four hours sounds bad, but the value of having a process that is like, well, we're iterating so quickly. Yes. You know, four hours isn't really that painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so we really didn't get serious about some of that until we started saying, hey, the downtime is actually really hurting us. Like, we're right. now losing right. real numbers of customers and revenue because of this. Mm-hmm. I see. Although, I mean, I would say though, just to counter like, today, if you were to start something brand new. Wouldn't you have a continuous deployment pipeline from day one? Or, or again, would you do it the way it was back then? Uh, I think it would really depend on what I'm building and the type of, you know, I, I mean, I can, see, I can see areas where I would start off with like a more, you know, rigorous system that has proper testing and everything else. And I yeah. can also see things where I'd be like, just push it out because, yeah. you know, it, 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 a lot of people, you know, it's very easy early on. You're like, oh, we have to scale to a million. We have to do that. You know, we have, we have to do this right. But... But just getting like that first customer and then 10 customers and 100 customers yeah. is usually a lot harder. And if you're doing stuff that's not getting you to that, I find that you actually may be spending your very limited resources. You know, makes the, perfect sense. The, yeah. the success failure of our, you know, it, like when we push code, like we're having, like we're, we're losing thousands of customers. It, it's painful, but like if you got to thousands of customers, you may have solved the right problem. Right. So, right. I see. So, yeah. so from the beginning, then you're talking. Experiment and learn rapidly from from a modern agile's point of view, from lean startups point of view. Lots and lots of that. Right. Um, make safety a prerequisite. How was that, if at all, a factor in the early days? I, I know later on, you know, you had extensive safety mechanisms in yeah. place. Your cluster immune system is famous. Yeah. But well, early days, what, what can you say about that? Well, I think early early days, you have to look at uh, culturally, which is, you know, you basically, you know, when someone pushes, when the cluster's down, it's it's not a big deal. No one's going to lose their job because right. the cluster is going down. Because well, what were you doing? Well, I was trying to get the feature out to customers, mm-hmm. and you know, you and you there'd be some diagnosis of like, you know, why did the cluster go? Is there something we could have done? Is there a step? And you correct the process, mm-hmm. but you never had anyone that's like worried about losing their job because they broke the cluster. And then ultimately, as we started getting systems that protected the cluster, 
you almost got a badge of honor when you're like, I, I managed to take out you know production. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, that's, 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 that says a lot about your and, culture too, right? Oh well, yeah. Well, unless you touch Mincash, everyone could. Everyone was able to take out the cluster when you tried to mess around with Mincash. But oh. other than that, like it was, it was generally got pretty hard to do it. Okay. So yeah. So that was you know early on. It was just like the you know cultural cultural protections about safety. Okay. So early on, it was okay to um, run a failed experiment. It was right. okay to to make a mistake, even to bring to bring production down. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and again, this was largely based on the, the the importance of delivering that customer value. You know, they, like, um, and, and we had you know we had great people too. So like everyone was very concerned about like the what are we doing to our customers and like what you know are we finding the right thing for them. Right. So you, you, you know you we also had people around that mindset as well mm. that that helps out a lot because you know that they're trying to do the right thing. Right. So, right. And I understood we talked a little bit ago about um, your. This founder, this co-founder Will, he had some major visions for this project, for this effort, for this product. That is, if, if I think about, you know, what we talk about making people awesome, mm -hmm. um, typically product designers need to think about what is that awesome thing we want to build as a company for which we got venture funding, for which we're, you know, trying to create a, a compelling future. Um, was that? What, what can you say about that? Uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, when I when I first read the Lean Startup and when I and you know, saw how Eric spoke about things, you know, I thought it was great because it really captured a lot of this, um, you know, iterating and like this customer validation aspect of things, and you know, and then co other companies would talk to me and, and like tell me like what they're doing, and they'd always be like, oh, we're lean and we're lean, and here's how we're doing it. And one of the one of the not uncommon uh, pitfalls I would see is maybe like the idea that you're going to A/B test your way to a product mm. and. And one of the things that um, I think uh, was interesting about Imview is Will uh, Will Harvey comes from a video game background, and he he has this real knack of building these delightful consumer, right. just charming experiences, yeah. uh, like games and and everything he kind of touches, like really uh, he tries to polish and has a, a real vision. Did he get into fireworks later? Was he did get, okay. he did yeah. get into fireworks. I've heard that from someone else. Yeah, okay. and um, and uh, and and the the thing that I think was so powerful is you have that vision and going into sort of a space that's ne never been really proven to be a real market mm. and combine that with like the approach that I think Eric was really pushing for, which was just like, great, let's make sure we're validating this vision along the way. And I wow. think those two things working together really, yeah. really worked well. I see, that's that's amazing. So yeah. that's really cool because without the vision, if you're just A-Bing testing, if you're just validating yeah. all the time, but you don't really know where you're going, you're not yeah. going to necessarily make a great product. Customers, customers are not going to tell you the product to build. They'll, they'll, you know, customers will look at something you give them and they'll say, "I don't like this." Yeah. And sometimes they'll give, give you suggestions, but I find a lot of times customers are just really bad at telling you what they want. They'll, mm -hmm. they'll absolutely tell you what they want, mm -hmm. but I find that they don't actually tell you what you want. Right. So. So um, his vision um, really helped to lead things. That that, it was important because there was a there was a, a fundamental like hey here here's the direction we're going like here's how avatars are going to be important and like here's aspects of the products that are going to be key, and so that was you know he was a, a very strong driving force behind that mm. you know in himself you know actively contributing to the code base and doing some of these things, mm. and um, and really you know Eric bringing this approach that was like how do we know that's the right thing and like is this producing the right. results that we want and like, can we validate this with customers and such I so those two things together. Were, so that's amazing. And so eventually you got to product market fit at some point, right? We did. Um, you know, we, and uh, we, started, you know, we started seeing you know, the, the kind of the hockey stick, which when you have 100 customers and you go to 200, it's, you know, it's a tiny hockey stick, right. but, but it's clearly in the right direction. Yes. Um, and we, but we started seeing that like, hey, this is a growing product. Mm. Right? And, 
And then so you got into the thousands of users. Um, yeah, so you'd see like you know thousands and then tens of thousands online and stuff. And the, the interesting thing about the company though is we actually kind of kept doing what we were doing. Mm. Um, and um, which was this rapid experimentation. And yeah, I mean it was very hard. Like the, most products or most projects that people worked on, if they took more than a week, we wouldn't do them. Wow. So like it was it was really like there was this huge emphasis on like get it out in a week. Yes. You know, a month would have been like this excessive like <laughs> huge bet like you know how. Right. Are, right. And so and so you have a lot of things where it's like. Can we put this on and bolt it on? And it's like, and what ultimately happened is the, the company actually, the business ended up going flat for a while. Mm. And what happened, we, we ended up looking at this. So revenues like, started to just. Revenues just went sideways. Okay. And, and you know, so we, we had this like big growth and then they went sideways. And we all felt the problem. Like we would use the product and we'd be like, oh God, this, you know, we use the term a bucket of bolts a lot. Uh, bucket of bolts. And, um, like and really what had happened is all these like little pieces had been stuck on. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, as a company, I think, really take the time to step back and say, wait, we solved the, the product market fit. We, right. we actually understand what the customer needs right now, mm. but we're delivering it in about the most painful way possible. Mm. And so this was, a, this was an interesting time because this was also right around the time that the financial markets dried up, 2008, the rest in peace, good times. Yes. And so we're, you know, we're in a situation where we're like, oh, hey, this, you know, things, this, this could be tough for us. No, mm. one's, no one's raising money. Right. Um, and so we had this kind of do or die type moment and we made a big bet and we took, I want to say, you know, 10, 11 months and we did a new version of our client. So wow. you know, it was a PC client. And this is something we validated with new customers along the way. So we were doing internal testing and stuff like that, but we weren't really sharing it outside too much. Right. And um, what about what about existing customers? They didn't see it. So, it? Some did. Okay. And, and but 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 a lot. I mean, there was a big emphasis on like let's like because we we knew a lot of the problems were people getting confused when they used our product and just leaving. Like they would come in, register, and leave. Yeah. And so we knew that like the the problem to solve was this. And so we spent eleven months. We're all super excited, and we launched this thing after you know after having a whole team kind of like locked away. And uh, eleven months of, about, of just building this thing, getting uh, some feedback, but right. but yeah, yeah. And uh, we we launch it, and our our customers vomited all over it. Oh, they were like, "Oh, this is the worst thing ever. This is so bad. Why would you spend time on this? This is horrible." That had um, to be that had to be very difficult. It was, except for revenue was just climbing like crazy. Because oh so what 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 what, <laughs> what happened? And uh, what happened is, you know, we had solved we'd solved what we saw was really the problem here, which is we knew the value proposition. We were delivering in a way that was painful. In our old customers, they had already climbed over this broken glass and through the barbed wire, and they were fine using the product that they had. Right. And so any major change was like, I don't know how to use this product right now. Right. And but all yes. the new customers coming in were like, got it. Yeah. I, I, and could get to the value proposition. Yeah. And so you know, I think I think the following year, I want to say I, uh, within the next two years, like we had like a doubling of revenues. I mean, wow. so so it was wow. a, it was a huge increase in the business. Yeah. yeah. Um, as a result of this, but mm-hmm. it, but it really was that step back. You understand the product market fit now. Build the product that delivers it properly. That's incredible. So I mean, if I had to categorize that in terms of modern agile terms, you guys were religiously experimenting and learning rapidly. You were delivering value continuously. Uh, anything beyond a week of work would, would have been considered, you know, it's, it's very ice, icebergian. I mean, everything was moving fast, delivering value, delivering value. Oh, I said value. Oh. <laughs> I, I said it a lot of times. All right, oh, my God. Mm. But eventually, that built a product that did solve the customer needs, albeit just crudely, yeah. uh, awkwardly, and people had gotten used to that. Right. So when they vomited all over the new approach, it was that they were used to this kind of crude approach. Right. You know, they, they, it, it's the, you know, who moved my cheese? It's a different, right. So, and, and, and I think, you know, I think we kept most of those customers. Yes. You know, they were, yes. you know, 
I mean, one of the nice things about customers, if they they're, have this visceral hatred reaction, <laughs> they're probably passionate enough to stick with you. Right. Like the, the quiet, like nothing is not so good. Right. <laughs> uh, but the, um, but I think a lot of them came along and like realized that like, yeah, the, the new product is delivering this a lot better. Okay. And so. so that, so revenue started climbing because you get all these new customers who yeah. actually enjoyed the new client. Right. And yeah. the new, you know, new interactions. Right. Okay. So they, they come in and they stay. So the bet worked. Yeah, it did. And was this something that um, like the board of directors uh, knew about? Like they said, yes, we let's keep doing this, or was this? No. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I don't recall whether there was a, a big yeah. board. I mean, there, all, all this would have been shared at the board level. You know, we uh, particularly we had a larger board of advisors back then, and so mm-hmm. I think a bunch of these were discussed. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. recall if there was a formal board approval process for it. Was it a bet the company kind of thing, or or was it more safe than that? Well, I don't think it was that safe. I mean, all, and it, I think it wasn't that safe only because of the timing of everything. Yeah. And so you look Recession. at when you, so if you look at yeah, if you look at like that's when all like, all the companies that were sort of like this Silicon Valley rock stars were going bankrupt. Right. Um, so there was really no money out there, and the company was burning cash. And so, mm-hmm. in, in, um, you know, we we actually ended up raising capital in that market. Wow! Uh, surprisingly so. And um, uh, 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 but but it was but we didn't need to. Yeah. But we'd gotten to the point where it was you know we'd actually kind of gotten to the point where it was close enough that it'd be like, this is a scary amount of cash to have in the bank. Mm-hmm. When we had, but but then we weren't going to need it, and we right. ra- we raised money anyway. Oh, that's so it, so it wasn't like an in, I think an intentional bet the company, yeah. but but it was if that had gone wrong, mm-hmm. uh, it would have been it would have been bad for the company. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So IMBU, it's, it's I've never actually been in the environment. Yeah. I've watched the video of it. People are in this environment, three D avatars, kind of interacting with each other. Right. Um, has anything meaningful happened in connecting uh, there? Like what 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 are some awesome things that have happened for users of IMBU? Oh, well, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people come in and they just, um, it's just sort of, they get some moments of delight. Like, this is a fun thing to do. And so, um, but uh, I do a lot of customer interviews. Mm. And uh, one of the reasons I, I, I would always tell other employees, like, you know, make sure you're doing customer interviews mm. is because they're incredibly rewarding. And so, so you as CEO, we're going out and doing customer interviews. Absolutely. I would do typically by phone or, or in InView or on Skype or something. Wow. But, um, but, but the, now that's leadership. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's how you find out, you know, you, you talk to enough people and you understand like the same problems and you find out problems like across the company, not just with the product, but you find out like what, what's going on in like customer service and like what's, you know, like you, you find out a ton by talking to enough customers. Yeah, but, yeah. But, the, but the reason I kept telling employees about this is that, you know, you should be reaching out to customers is it wasn't uncommon that I would call someone and, and be talking to someone and she'd be like, oh, my husband's here. I met him in InView. And I'd be like, oh. I'd be like wait, you're, you're married. And, 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 wow. and um, I, you know, I've, so I've had tons of stories like that. I was talking to a woman who she's like, yeah, you know, I was, I, I uh, wanted, you know, some of my closest friends I've met on InView. And, she's, and she said, I don't necessarily talk to them on InView anymore because I call them on the phone. And she's like, when my wow. mother died, the first person I called was this, my friend who I met on InView. Unbelievable. Um, you know, I've met, uh, I met, uh, I have, there's a really touching story of uh, a woman who um, had Asperger's mm-hmm. and she has a very challenging time uh, socializing in groups of, of people. And InView was her way that it allows her to socialize in a way that like helps her connect with people and stuff. And she's she actually is doing a documentary video oh, on wow. this. And so that's so, fantastic. Yeah, so you have these like you have these like stories of people that you really touch their lives and you realize you realize how you know when you do your job well, when you when you've delivered the right experience, that you really can make a meaningful difference in someone's life. And it and it just doesn't strike you as obvious, like when you think about the product that we build. Yes. And when you talk to enough people, you realize that it really means a lot to a lot of people. And so that's hugely validating and, and 
you know, it's very fulfilling. It's very fulfilling to know you're building an environment that that is creating those kinds of connections. Yeah, you know, when you're when you're when you're plugging away on some stupid bug that like you know that you're like I can't figure out the solution for this, you know, and you're like, why am I staying late tonight? Yeah. Sometimes you remember that like, hey, someone you know someone found their life partner because of the work I did, uh, and and it feels a little bit better, and you're like, okay, well, beautiful. I'll stay a little bit later. Okay, so another topic for you: um, naive approach to experimenting and learning. When have you found that like, you've done so much of it in the interview, for example? Yeah. When did you discover maybe that uh, wasn't being done so well? Uh, <laughs> um, all the time. So, uh, so you know. Uh, in other words, you can you can because I'm doing experimenting and learning. I'm modern agile, and yet yeah. you're not actually doing a very good job of it. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, um, and this is one where my mindset has changed a lot over the years. And so uh, we we had a very good. Um, System that made it super super easy for anyone to, to deploy an experiment. Okay. Um, and um, you know, so AB experiments. AB super super easy. Like the scripts to scripts to put them in the code really easily, and then like monitoring and everything for that, and mm -hmm. ways to report on them, and wait. So all of that was really was really great. Um, you know, and so a lot of people were doing experiments, and yeah. and which is great. That's what we wanted. Sure. Um, and it's been over the years where we spent more time with it, and we found like. Um, Laws in our code, like things were like with when experiments were set to like a certain um, certain percentage, it's like, yeah, actually a lot more percentage were being dropped in a group than we actually knew. Like you know, it's like someone found a bug and we're like, oh, and you're like bugs in the experiment itself. And, and, and no, no, in the experiment system. Like, oh, so, so like, so like when it was oh, okay. And so you're like, so oh, the results you got were like so, these are uh, right. so let's say you're like, oh, okay, okay, so maybe the last two years results were like not. Um, right. But but um, but ultimately, I, I, you know, what I found what the, where, where I've kind of landed is. I find that you can use the experiments for sort of directional feedback, like does this seem to be validating things directionally? But there was a, the thing that really changed my mind, there was a paper, uh, white paper put out by, I think it was like the Amazon, some people from Amazon and Microsoft, and it was like three examples of these experiments. And I read, you know, there's like teams of PhDs that have, like this is their focus, they're spending months on trying to do these like, these experiments. Um, and they talk about why the experiment was done incorrectly and why the results were invalid. And then I kind of realized that you know, if this is the type of people that you have working on these things and finding these subtle things, that a lot subtle, of subtle bugs in the experiment. Uh, well, subtle bugs that like, oh, here's why they were like invalid results that have come out from something, and you know, where, where people spend a ton of time. Do we yeah. have alarms going off? Oh, yeah. Us, so <laughs> it's, it struck me that when you're, you know, you're enabling like, everyone in the company to do these experiments, you know, without a solid background of training, that you mm -hmm. need to kind of, you know, anything that's like really substantive, you yeah. probably need to like dig deep on and make sure that everything was done properly. Yeah, and statistically valid sample right. sizes, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, there's a yeah, there, there's and there's some great, you know, we have some blog posts about things that like you know we've seen people do poorly in experiment systems and mm -hmm. stuff. And okay, um, you know, yeah, very good, very good. And then um, so so you so as the company matured in that. Approach to experimentation, then. Yeah, I think you know. I think we do. I think we do. And learning. Yeah, I think we do. I mean, so I think we do less experiments um, in the sense of not everything is being tested all the time, and the experiments that are being done are sort of um, uh, more meaningful. Yeah, so, right. so there's. I think there's been a much more of a shift behind. You're using the. Ex you're using the experiment to validate sort of a product uh, design or product vision. Yeah. Oh. And and, gotcha. and and less so of the yeah the, the famous Google like twenty shades of blue right, type right, of thing. Right, like, yes. Let's test. Yep. Let's test everything when it's not actually the results not actually going to be meaningful to the okay. business. So experiment and learn on the big stuff, the, the big rocks, the, the important stuff, right. that, that potentially is, is vision related stuff right. to make people awesome. Is this going to make them awesome or not? Right. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then what about uh, delivering value continuously? Anything about that that maybe was naive or 
or you know, I mean, you guys, uh, to me, you were my inspiration <laughs> back in 2007 with you know, Tim Timothy Fitz's um, wonderful speech about doing the impossible 50 times a day, yeah. delivering to millions of customers 50 times a day without interruption, back in 2007, and um, wow, continuous deployment. I mean, that was insane, but. What have you learned all since then? Yeah, well, I mean, so it, it started off sort of, you know, our you know, people like to think about our website, which was 50 times a day, but we actually have a, you know, our primary product back then was a PC client. Oh. And, um, oh. and that was also built the same way. And so we ended up, we ended up stopping that sort of that continuous deployment only because if you think about this from a customer experience, you go to like log in and you have to download a 40 megabyte executable and then you log in a couple hours later and there's another 40 megabyte. Oh, that's and so, too much deployment. Yeah. So, from our, yeah, so from our customer's perspective, like like why why do I have to download a new client every few hours? And so so we backed that off and saying like, wait, that's a bad customer experience. And so even though we, we could do it, we decided not to. Right. Um, and it's interesting, it came kind of a full cycle where when you when we started to like doing our mobile development, mm. you, you know, uh, Android is something where you actually probably could do at least every, you know, relatively quickly. But with Apple, you have, no matter how fast your deployment process is, you've got a you know, three to five day delay yeah. that's at, at the end of that. Right. Um, and then also because of that, you end up with like situations where, you know, one of the things about continuous deployment is like if you mess something up, like you can always quickly go back in there and fix it. And Apple ends all of that for you. Right. Again, so so yeah. there's, there's, there's a lot of aspects about where, you know, the deployment became like for those, for those products, you know, the website and services were still are, you know, fairly um, actively deployed, mm. but then anything that's, you know, where you realize that like that's a download or a client or a package has to get out, um, has uh, also moved back. I see, gotcha. Yeah, I guess Chrome is maybe uh, a good example of a, of a desktop app that seems to be downloading in the background. Yeah, they do a great job. It doesn't bother you so much, but but it's it's still, it's interesting because yeah. it's almost like you went too, it just got to be annoying to your customers. But, but you notice that a Chrome on mobile doesn't do that, right? Because you don't no, you, know, you, you don't want to log into mobile every time and be like, oh, right. I need to download a new browser. Yeah, so there are limits to that. Right. Well, what about um, finally, just to finish up here, uh, to make you know, make safety a prerequisite? Um, what can you say about you know safety in Imview, um, safety with your customers, or just in general in your in your career? And you've been involved in, in this in this business for a long time. Yeah, I, I mean, I. I, I I think that a lot of the culture, you know, uh, we uh, Eric, Eric has certainly talked a lot about like the five whys. Yes, um, I'm getting a visit here by um, uh, a certain animal of mine. All right, this is Marley. Marley. So he often uh, decides he wants to come into the room. Um, uh, five whys. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Eric, I think Eric talks about, um, you know, talked a lot about, you know, where you have a process where you you need to look at um, anything that's sort of a, a failure and and. Um, be able to talk about it openly and, and, and such and so um, the, you know the company has always had that type of a culture where you yes. know, it's, it, you're it's, it's you're not gonna you're not, not gonna push that code and get fired or something like that um, you know but I think I think culturally you know a safe environment's really hard I mean yeah. especially as you, as you get to like a, a bigger company um, and you know there's like there's reinforcement that has to keep coming along with people saying like you want people questioning things. You want people that like that's okay. But I, I think people, particularly if they've been at enough companies, they're they don't feel good about that. Like they feel like they're they always feel like okay, well, it's gonna come bite me at some point. Oh, you and mean uh, being just speaking your mind for speaking example? speaking your mind or like you're gonna stumble on something that you know that being safe is better than taking a risk and, and failing. Right. And um, you know what? What so a, a recent example um, uh, happened um, last year. Uh, whereas I was looking at something and I was pretty convinced uh, 
that I had found sort of an issue that I think we really needed to like put some out, some uh, some resources against to say like hey this is a problem and I think we need to figure out how to solve this and I was pretty active on on dialogues with people and uh, one of our employees uh, said you know you're wrong and you know shared some data and said like here's why like you're you're wrong and um, you know this was on a pretty public mailing list at the company and uh, at the next company meeting I gave them like a, an award a gold star for you know for the for the uh, speaking up, you know, it's basically speaking your mind because it was more important to be like, because he was he was right. <laughs> he, was, he was like, oh yeah, I am wrong. Yeah, CEOs aren't right. always right. right? No, 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 no. no I, I, you know, look, it, it's um, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I get wrong, and and um, and speaking up and saying like, hey, here's why you're wrong, and sharing you know sharing that data was like, great, you just saved us a lot of time and money. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, slight AV glitch there, but um, we were just finishing up our conversation about this individual who kind of said, I disagree with you, Brett, and... Right, and uh, like I said, the, it ended up, you know, by speaking up and saying that I'm wrong, um, you know, it ended up saving the company time and money because we're, you know, we took people off of the project and stuff like that. It was absolutely the right thing, but wow, it's, so. it's a type of thing you want to acknowledge yeah. you know, to make sure that, um, uh, you know, people continue that type of behavior. Yeah, so if people are not speaking up, the company is likely losing money, losing time, Suffering more, so the fact that right. he did speak up that day and he was that that's that's to be praised, right? Right, yeah, absolutely. And you gave him a gold star. Yeah, and uh, and um, yeah, I find with like with cultural issues, you know, for basically every ten things you do to reinforce the culture, if you do like one or two that go against the culture, like you've undone those ten things. Oh, so, yeah. So it's it's you know, culture is really really hard to get right. Not easy being a leader either, right? Uh, and it's a it's yeah. a it's a lonely job. You're in the <laughs> you're in the spotlight. Um, very good, very good. Well, Brett, thank you so much for coming. I uh, really appreciate all the in wisdom and insights you've been able to share with us today. I mean, you have such an amazing background. Um, well, thank so you for having me. I yeah, appreciate it. please come again sometime, and uh, thanks again. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and remember, too, if you want to watch the show on YouTube, go to hashtag Modern Agile Show. Please leave some comments and feedback, uh, suggestions for future shows. Share these with your friends, and uh, thanks again for watching. Cheers.